Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dog Pound Daily Podcast. I'm Andrew Sipes, site contributor, and joining me today is co-editor Stephen Kibitza. He finally let me handle the intro once. feel like we let the training wheels off a little bit. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. That <laughs> intro was, it was fine. You, you um, sound really excited yeah. today about, about I'm the just, podcast. I'm just kind of burnt out because the draft is in two days, but based on everything I've seen, people are already angry about it. And I'm just, I'm kind of confused. Are you? Yeah. Are you angry? Are you angry about the Browns potentially? Um, I mean, <laughs> Making there's a always the, slew there's of always the, we don't even know yet. Yeah, there's always the preemptive uh, angriness of the Browns, or like what you've got on, <laughs> what you've got ready to go, your hate articles ready to go for how they screwed it up. But no, I mean, there's a lot of rumors going around. Obviously, with with now Mitchell Trubisky being in serious consideration for number one, um, there's a, a common like narrative. I think that is getting blown out of proportion in the media. And I, I see the, it's the, the, the front office is split between the coaches on, on miles Garrett and Mitchell Trubisky. And I don't care the player, I get the, the, the split in comparison, but are you really concerned that there is a true front office split? Or do you think more of, of just tension not even tension, but just general debate that goes on this time of year? It's difficult to know because I mean, as we've said before on here, no one really knows their plans unless there is a true leak where like one of the GM's assistants comes out and says something. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if they're really already said like, you know what, we're automatically taking Garrett. But I do think, I mean, we don't know it, but I think it's kind of safe to say that they are going to take Garrett unless they got a crazy offer for a trade. But I don't think that there's really any tension. I think it's, it, I don't like I read the articles and they're just so vague. Yeah, I mean people just it's common for the Browns to be not all cooperative cuz that's how it's been in the last I mean 20 years, you know, the front office and coaches can't get along. And so now with the tiniest bit of conflict, they they kind of take that story and run with it whereas I think it's just a common it, it, I think it's more of playing devil's advocate than anything. Yeah, it's 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 almost no one in the media because it's such a long um, break from the end of the Brown season to the NFL draft. It's like they can't just say, "Okay, they're taking Garrett." You read about other teams, it's like, "Oh well, maybe they'll take this guy or maybe this guy." But oh well, we'll see what happens with the Browns. Yeah, it's, I mean, the Browns have full they, control. It's almost like the writers pin their hopes to certain players and try to formulate ways that that player could come here. Yeah, I mean, for the Browns, it's quite simple. I mean, Miles Garrett's been the obvious number one. Um, but I think it it almost get picks, gets picked apart a little bit because he, it has been that way for so long. And so I have no problem with them putting Mitchell Trubisky as a serious contender for number one. One, because I like him. Two, I, I mean, I, you see the need, for, obvious, for a quarterback. You know, that in, typically in drafts, if there's a guy that's a quarterback that you believe you can build a franchise around, he tends to be a number one quarterback. I can't fault them for thinking that. I still hope they pick Miles Garrett. But I can't fault a team for for – trying to find making sure that they're doing that they're processing and thinking is the right way you know you can't there's something called groupthink, and obviously you don't want that you want to make sure that you've explored all avenues of what you're doing before you make a decision so I, I think that's what they're doing versus it being a coaches versus front office dispute yeah i i wouldn't see that being the case of the there being a dispute just because seems like there's a lot of cohesion between this group they came in together which helps sometimes if there's a coach that's been around for a while or GM, you know, vice versa, there might be some contention, but I don't see that. And I think with, you know, like you said, they, 
They do need a quarterback. That's no secret. They've needed one since we were little. Um, and you look, I saw an article today. It said redrafting um, 2014 Derek ever. Carr, Worst. number one overall. Worst article. And you go, if you saw, well, yeah, those are the dumbest articles. Because <laughs> oh, it's like, well, great. You're going to look back three years later and pick up all the Tom group, Brady, like, number yeah. one. Well, you could have had five players in front of him. Yeah. But. Yeah, you see those, and you're like, well, the key is if they think Mitch is the top quarterback, I once again call him Mitch, um, first name basis, um, if you they think he's a top quarterback, but they know they don't have to take him one and they could still get him, there's no need to take him number one. Thus, getting rid of any potential tension because they know that we could, oh, we could trade up or just take him at 12. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of this Mitchell-Trubisky talk is, is posturing. Um, I think it it's doing a lot to drive maybe some other teams that are considering taking him like a real thought because if they do want to trade up or if the, if the Browns are going to possibly jump for somebody or, I mean, maybe it makes the 49ers take him, you know, or something like that because maybe they don't want him. I, I, I think personally my prediction is they're going to take Miles Garrett at one. I think they're going to bypass a quarterback again at 12, and then they're going to pick – I think my guess is Deshaun Kaiser at 33, if he's there. See, I think, since you asked what I think, I think that they are going to either take Mitch at 12 or trade up for him. Why would you? I, think, I have no proof for this viewpoint. Mm-hmm. No, That's my, where I'm going. And I'm going to ask you about it. How, how high do you think they'll have to trade up to get him? I just think five or six. Why? So if he's good enough to take it five or six, why wouldn't you just take him at one? Because you don't have to. Because you yes, get you do. I mean, it, the thing is, though, is you're giving up. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the thing that you're you're giving up a few later round picks, but you're still getting two top five, top six picks. Yeah, but to move up to five, you. I mean, so the Browns moved from what two to eight, and Philly gave up a boatload. So obviously, we know what it would take for the Brown, what it would take for the Browns to get to two. If you got to move to five, I mean, that's a. What do you think? That's two second round picks and possibly another first. You know, that's a lot of spots to move up. Are you willing to do that for Mitch when you could just have him at number one and take a pass rusher at 12 and not have to give up any picks? Interesting. I mean, I'm just saying that that's the no, that's that's, I just don't, that viewpoint uh, doesn't make that, sense to me. Like, because I saw a bunch of people having the Browns trade up to the 49ers to get Mitch and Miles Garrett. It's like, well, just take him at one if that's the case. And you can find another pass rusher. If that's your quarterback, then don't give up the assets and just take them. Yeah, I think the thing we've talked about, too, is that they have so many draft picks, you can't use all of them. Yeah, you I can, and I, but you I'm do have a team of rookies them, every year. So I think if they – I mean, it depends, too, because a lot of the guys last year, like – they're not going to keep all of them in two, three years. You know, you hope that they do because you hope that they turn out to be decent players. But chances are when you got 14 draft picks, there's probably only going to be six or seven that really stick around. So um, take a couple this year, a few impact players that are real and hope that Corey Coleman steps up and you've got yourself a nice foundation. But if they, if they used all their picks and just found talent out there, then it wouldn't bother me either much as it, as much as it did earlier in the off season, you know, because I, are you are you still down for? Or you were never on the Jimmy Garoppolo train, were you? I was just. I didn't want to trade number one. I don't think anyone did. Um, I was kind of on for trading twelve, but really only if you know he would stick around. I think one year of it would just be kind of pointless. Yeah, obviously so they already got. I mean, that was before they got Osweiler too. 
Yeah, I mean, right now, if they were able to swing, like, in my opinion, I don't think the Browns have offered 12 or 33, for that matter. I think they've literally just been, like, the the common sentiment is that people people were... Would you think they've even made an official offer? No, I think they've inquired about what it would take, but until there's an actual offer on the table, I don't think anything would move for, move past those talks. So I think it'll heat up getting closer to the draft. Um, Bill Belichick still doesn't have any picks in the first of the two or three rounds, so... It, it's it's setting up too perfectly for something like that to happen. And if, if that price, I saw a tweet from Pete Prisco that he thinks that number 12 and a, and a second rounder next year would do it. I, that's a no brainer for me. Absolute no brainer. You're you're getting, you got a pick from Osweiler that you can trade to the Patriots and number 12. So that you're considering taking one of the rookie quarterbacks there anyway. I think that's your Derek Carr, Khalil Mack draft right there. I don't care what they would do with the rest. That's a dark, Dark path to go down. I mean, I, yeah, if, if you, they can land Miles Garrett and Jimmy Garoppolo, that's my 1A. If, if they could land those two, I, that's that's a home run. Yeah, it's just tough because he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, but you can always... After the season. Obviously, the Browns believe in him enough to trade all those picks for him, so you would think that they've had some communication to express a long-term deal, and Jimmy Garoppolo wants to play. You know, It's not like... If the Browns take True. Miles Garrett and have like a couple other picks like the team is not that far away no no nfl team is that far away if you can't if you can have above average quarterback play you know you just need a couple playmakers to be a difference maker just guys that like that's where all those role players come in all those draft picks that the browns have uh, they may not be all-stars but if they can just come in and do their job i mean that's what separates the good teams from the bad yeah it sounds crazy to browns fans who have been watching the past two seasons, but really they are just a few pieces of quarterback. I mean, just every just team is a few pieces. Like you could take away, like, look how bad the Colts were when you took away Peyton Manning. Yeah. I mean, just to put, put an above average quarterback on a team and you're hovering around the wild card already. You know, you just, you've, yeah, look how the Texans did. Yeah. You've, they had a great defense and a below average quarterback mm-hmm. and made it to the playoffs. I heard this analogy on the radio. It was, um, if you if you were the Raiders going into the postseason, if you had to play the playoff game without Khalil, you had to choose one that you couldn't play without, or you could play with one or the other, Derek Carr, Khalil Mack. Like, which one would you Derek rather? Carr, but you play with Derek Carr, no, no problem. Yeah, because that's the only shot you have to win. So I mean, you put a, a and this is assuming Jimmy Garoppolo is worth the price tag and is an above average quarterback, um, which I think he is. I mean, you put him on the Browns and you've got Kenny Britton and an offensive line that's pretty solid now, Kenny Britt, Corey Coleman. I mean, that's an offense that can do some damage. So with above-average quarterback play, just keeps your team in the game, which has just been so, so far gone for this team for so long. Yeah, and look at a healthy Josh McCown for one quarter in 2016. He, I mean, they put up 20 straight points to start We're gonna the game. We're going to talk about that's the best game ever. We're going to. Well, I just mean, it's, <laughs> it proves your, yeah, it was. It proves your point, though. It's. Just decent, like just completing your passes. Corey Coleman looked bad with everyone else in there besides that one quarter, Josh McCown, because he was running his routes well and the ball was being dropped right in his hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, RG3 was, and people want to knock Hugh Jackson's uh, quarterback ability or quarterback whisperer ability on RG3. It's like, did he, he really bad. expect, like, they, they obviously punted last year on quarterback. They weren't going to draft Carson Wentz. Like, they wanted to go the veteran route to see if RG3 could be a bridge guy. But it's like trying to, it's almost like trying to squeeze more toothpaste out of an empty toothpaste bottle with RG3. Like, he, he, he tried, but there really wasn't much left to, 
you can only do so much with that. So, yeah, I think Hugh Jackson because he is who he is, and he's, I mean, he's just a football guy in general. He got RG three and said, you know, we're gonna resurrect his career. We're gonna make, you know, we're gonna make him great again. But make R- I'm sure make RG three great again. Was, uh, yeah, I'm sure the front office was like, if he's not great, don't worry about it. Like you're, we're not firing you. We don't think he's gonna be good. And Hugh Jackson's like. We're going to win. And they're like, once again, if he's not. Oh, the earth moved beneath his feet, Stephen, when he watched him <laughs> wear The earth moved beneath his feet. I think the earth is always moving. Because it's flat. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> when I look up in the night sky, I see darkness every time I see an angle. Yep. But, yeah, it's he. Hugh Jackson's just a great guy who's never going to. He's never going to have a player and be like, don't like him. No, like, I, I, worst quarterback. Yeah, I heard. um I forget what her name was, but she worked in the Raiders front office when uh, when Hugh was there, and she was just saying that even, no matter even if Hugh doesn't agree with what the front office is doing, he's going to go out and like put on the front that he is. You know, he's not going to show signs he's of dysfunction. Yeah, he's going to always put on a front that the front office is on the same page. And I think plus he is just like mo- I think most people are. He's just he's a head coach in the sport he loves. Yeah, and he's like, you know, I'm not a front office guy. I'm gonna work with the talent you give me. And he's probably one of the best, you know, high character guys the Browns have had as coach since they came back. My worst case scenario, or not worst case scenario, but like what I hope happens if this happens. It's kind of a weird way to put it, but like if they were to get rid of like Sashi Brown in the front office, like they just wanted to get away from that analytics thing. If it doesn't work out in two years, that like they make Hugh Jackson like his own GM, just because I like Hugh Jackson, GM. huh? And make Peyton Manning the GM. Oh boy. Yeah. But maybe. You, <laughs> that was my rumor oh, for a while. I, I, I thought you're that would scaring happen. me now. I can't even go down that road. What did what scared you? The if Sashi Brown's fired in two years. Yeah, I mean that's because people think Hugh Jackson's the one that gets the axe, but like Sashi's been around for a long He's time. He's coaching well with his horrible players. Yeah. Players actually wanted to play for him at the end of the year, which is surprising. So Yeah, they were like in tears about winning a game. If he was a bad coach, they'd be like, oh, Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, worst case scenario was what they they fire Sashi, <laughs> fire Sashi Brown. I mean, you would think he'd be the first to go if this analytics thing didn't work out, right? I guess. I I I mean, I, yeah, I don't even want to think about that's that. That's a pretty weird. <laughs> right before the draft, too, it's kind of a really pessimistic view. Uh, he's he's at home right now, like, or he's probably not at home. He's probably at work, like, uh, you know, big day in two days. And everyone's like, what if this fails? He's like, oh, my God. Uh, he, I'm sure he's listening to this podcast, like, I'm going to prove I'm these sure guys. I'm sure he, he calls in the 92-3. He's <laughs> trying to call into this, yeah. Remember when there was an article about Tom Brady, like, calling into a, a Boston radio show? Like as a fake name to defend Defl- to defend Tom Brady and Deflategate. Like as a rumor. I don't know if it actually happened, but they said the guy sounded like Tom Brady, and like all of the Twitter followers were like, "Tom Brady just called and talked to- and defended himself." Like that just happened. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> this is Tim Brady. Uh, I want to talk about that Tom Brady guy. <laughs> Bomb Trady. <laughs> Bomb Trady. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the front office getting fired anymore. I'm sorry, I derailed. Yeah, I, that. I think we should be excited. I mean, the draft. I'm excited. Is in, I I just don't. I don't think Thursday. It just kind of. It doesn't make you a little bit nervous though that like that draft last year was pretty underwhelming. I mean, Agba's good, but like any everything else is not there. You know. Yeah, I was in a Reno, Nevada studio apartment, my own. And I was very excited about this draft. And I said, you know what? My friend is a Browns fan out there as well when I was out there. 
And he said, I think we're going to take Carson Wentz. I go, you know. Wish we would have taken Carson Wentz. I hope they do because let's just get a quarterback. And then they traded down. I was like, all right, good move because I'm a company guy for the Browns. And they <laughs> traded down again. Oh, goodness. I think that was the first moment I realized that they really weren't trying to win. I don't Not that they were yeah, trying to no, win in the that's past. Pretty, they were just trying to get as many assets as they could. And I think they had um, a deal in place with Tennessee because that was a trade that I saw a lot of people – um, mocking with the Browns for that exact move was to go up and get um, Jack Conklin. So it wasn't a surprise to me, really. Like, as soon as – I think Buckner was their guy um, at seven that was taken by San Francisco because I think they wanted Bosa. And in hindsight, they should have taken him at two. But when they traded back, they hoped Bosa might have slipped all the way to eight. And when he – he obviously went to the Chargers. So I think Buckner was their 1B, and then they once he was gone, they had a deal in Tennessee with Tennessee lined up to trade him away, which, I mean, they could use that ammo again and trade. It's essentially the same amount of spots. They could just trade them back their second-round pick. <laughs> you think they would do that? That's what, that's why what I'm thinking that they might trade with them this year. Yeah, but, I mean. Because they the point of getting all these draft picks is to eventually use them and trade them because you don't see the Patriots like, oh, we got to use all 10 picks this year. No, they just trade them into next year, which – I mean, it works because that way you have second. Like that's what I do. That and I, and I know it's weird, but in Madden, I do that too. If there's if your guy's not there in the round that you want, you know, it's you you don't want to reach on a player. You can always trade him to next year and see if that guy's there. You know, it doesn't trading up. Like that's why I don't think they should trade it from twelve. It just doesn't make sense. You know, if you like him, take him at one. There's going to be plenty of guys available. But it depends if they think Garrett is like the next great thing. Do you think all those like what do you think of all the off field stuff that they're or quote unquote About Garrett, yeah, quote unquote all field. He's just stuff. like a. I mean, it's not even bad. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's talk guys of, getting arrested and doing all this stuff. Oh yeah, and he's, they're like it only helps. His I case. think Miles Garrett likes poetry. Yeah, like, okay. oh, it's like I mean, Warren it's like Sapp. some angry old scout who like. I I think he has good hands. Oh, Warren yeah, Sapp was saying that like, oh, I don't see it. Like, oh, thanks, Warren Sapp, because you're doing so well. Yeah, for Warren Sapp saying that. I was like, there's that really, I'm glad you brought it up. That really made me upset because I'm like, there's no need to say this. It's like the, it, it was a true old man yells at cloud. It's like Bill Polian talking about the Browns too when they traded did the Osweiler thing. He went on a rant talking was, about he, nothing because he he like he like tried to find a way to dispute it and like was mumbling over his words because it was smart, but he hated it because he's an old school guy. Yeah. See, that's t- tough because that's TV and sometimes a producer might say. Yeah. Bill, you hate it. Adam, you <laughs> like it. But for Warren Sapp, just it's like he's like he's not going to be great. Like, he's no, like, oh, if he Courtney is, Brown wasn't first, that good either. Like, oh, thanks, yeah, Warren. If if he is great, you look dumb. If he isn't, you just look like a jerk. Yeah. Like I told you, it was going to be horrible. Cool. Like thanks, thanks for talking about a college kid. It's like you're supposed to be like retired players are supposed to be kind of ambassadors for the game and for the next generation yeah. of players, not bad-mouthing a kid who hasn't even played it down Well, it's, also, it's almost also convenient that his buddy John Lynch has the second overall pick when they played together in uh, Tampa. Was it Tampa Bay, probably? Yeah. I would think Tampa Bay, right? John Lynch played for Tampa Bay? He did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, was just, it was just so... It was so pointless. It's like, hey, put me on the radio. Okay. It's like he was doing a wrestling promo or yeah, something. Yeah, but uh, he Miles Garrett also denied the interview with Booger McFarland too. It's like he, but and I heard another a differing There's, point. I on don't that. see any problem with that. Yeah, why would you? His He's, agent if, probably if told him. If someone told me I was the number one pick, I'd be like, I'm gonna go work out 
and like hang out at home. I'm not going to go on TV and be like, who should be taking number one? Like, well, you think the Browns are going to go, oh, he turned down an interview. Oh, yeah. Booger wanted to just rip him because he just didn't his like name's, his name's Booger. <laughs> no, I, I mean, if his agent probably told him, like, hey, you're the number one pick, nothing here is going to benefit you. So you might as well just not. Yeah, you're do only going to say something. It's like you're only going to say something that could hurt you. Oh, yeah. You, you want as fuse, you want to build up some mystery around you. Not even that, but just, I mean, if you're honest with the teams in the. In the interviews, that's all that matters. What, what, yeah. Anything you, you do in, in the media there, say, is going to be spun to whatever you want, like whatever they want it to be. You know, it could be completely taken out of context because that's just yeah. How going it tends on like cable, cable sports talk is the last thing I would want to do if I was a top prospect. You should. They should all move to fan blog podcasts. That should be the main. <laughs> like we have source. Miles Garrett. It looks like we have some callers. We're going to turn that. Turn that I'm off. Gonna call, I'm gonna, Turn that function I'm going to find my way through the mentor circles and see if I can get Mitch to – or f- fight my way through Wait, the you, ESPN crowd. You better call him in the next few hours. <laughs> Just see what Mitch's He's feelings the, are. We're watching the draft. He looks at his phone. He goes, Andrew's psyched. And I go, oh, no way. Get him on the, get him on the horn. <laughs> nah, that'd be weird. That'd be weird. Like, oh, hey, yeah, Mitch. Interviewing him at the draft, that'd be weird. Yeah. Hey, we watched you in high school. We would usually take girls on dates. Um, but the football was good. <laughs> how, how, how did you like the football and when you were playing? Do you still enjoy it? He's like, we're, oh, that's a great question, guys. We have mutual like, friends. Oh. We know each other's name and have friends through mutual parties. Yeah, I think we should bring up the fact that Mitch said hi to you, right? He did. He over did the, say over hi to you. winter holidays. He called me by my last overjoyed. name, and I was damn near starstruck. I think you texted me and said, <laughs> Mitch just said hi yeah, to me. Yeah, like a schoolgirl. Oh. Like a schoolgirl. And he knew my name. You're at man. like this fancy Christmas party. You walk in alone. Yep. He's there. He goes, Andrew Siped, right? You're like, oh my <laughs> goodness. Not quite. Yes. Not quite. Not quite as a. Do you need a wide receiver? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll play wide receiver. I'll, no. You just need someone to catch balls for you in practice? I'll just do that. You know, whatever. Like, all right, no more fly routes. I'm not running down there. <laughs> One fly route and I'm done. 40 yards. Could, do you think you could catch. Five yes. passes from Mitch if they were like five yard in routes and he was just blasting them at you like yeah. Brett Favre. Yeah. You think you'd catch all five? Yeah. I think I could. I got good hands. I didn't have good hands at Ridge. I was like five two and chubby. It didn't work. Oh, that you're bad. referring to middle school? Yeah, that was that my <laughs> I didn't have good hands when my I was football 13. career ended early, but you know, we did win the I think youth football though, everyone runs with their arms down like four Speaking Gump. of Mitch, actually I remember I was on the Hurricanes and we played his Falcons in the play. I think it was a semifinal. Let's clarify this is youth football. Youth football, not yes, definitely not youth <laughs> fo- or college football. Um, I would say I was probably twelve, maybe. I don't really, I don't remember how old I was, but sixth grade, probably like twelve. Yeah. So I remember Justin was our quarterback, Justin Fritz, and I had to sit out because. Um, I had chicken pox, and so I had like my my spleen. The whole team well, had chicken no, pox. No, my leg. I remember my <laughs> spleen was enlarged or something, and like I guess I couldn't uh, play because they didn't want it to burst. burst. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and and I remember we like lost to that that game to Mitch, and I think it was because I wasn't playing. You know, I was a tight end, That's mostly blocking tight ends. Claim, but I mean, what's to say that if I was in there, that Mitch. May not have won that. You might game. have been in the draft. <laughs> no, Mitch definitely took that. Like he won the game for him. Like he was so good all through college, all through high school. Yeah, all through all through college, college all through grade. high school, all through. I mean, he's just a great guy. Great guy. Yeah. Back to our original point. Yeah. I don't think he's going to come on. No, I don't think so show. either. I should ask though. If we he could does get, get like, drafted by the Browns, we should send fan mail to him all the time i will we should handwritten uh, letters but we're like not even ha- we'll write it with our opposite hands so it looks like a little kid wrote it so we can get autographs like mac and always sunny 
with to writing his letter to Chase Utley. I love you. We, maybe we could throw a baseball sometime or play That's a catch. We could also send him letters. We could cut out um, uh, letter individual letters oh, from magazines. at Christmas time. We could do like the we could elf. We could put him in our elf thing where you put people's faces around the dancing elves. So like it'd be me, or me, we you, could and Carol Mitch. at his house. We could do that. We could do that. Carol at his house. Yeah, I would do that. But we would have to tweak the lyrics. We would also have to get better at singing. I'm pretty good. We'd have, no, we'd have to take a very good singer with us. Yeah. And some Browns memorabilia to get signed. We could just be like the backup singers and just let someone take full control. We're crying the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah, these carolers came by. It was this one woman, very good she singer. Sang Ave Mar- these two she guys sang- were crying. <laughs> she sang a version of Ave Maria that brought me to tears. <laughs> And those two guys, I think, were really, I don't know, they, did, they tried to say my name. So, yeah, maybe if, maybe if Mitch is in Philly at the draft, he's just sitting in his hotel room like, oh, I'm going to be a big star. Maybe he'll see this on the internet. I follow him on Twitter. He doesn't follow me back, though. But I have no. some connections. I know. You should tweet gifts at him all day of, like, cats. I would blinking. say I'm on a first-name basis with a certain tight end from North Carolina, too, so I could... Uh, Probably do nothing with that information. <laughs> probably I'm kinda, I just say I'm on a first name basis with people. Well, why do you call Deshaun Watson Deshaun? Ah, that's <laughs> still, it's his, his, name free, Deshaun. It's his first name. Uh, All right. I want to get back on track before the draft. I want to get some odds from you. Odds. All right. Odds percentage out of 100. Out of 100. What is the percentage out of 100? <laughs> Out of 100. That the Browns trade down from, from number one. Trade down from number one? Yes. Percentage. 2% chance. Ooh. I'm going to go. I mean, it would literally, I think it would have to take three first round, like what the Rams offered Tennessee last year, I think, for Miles Garrett. I mean, I get that a quarterback like Jared Goff was one thing for a quarterback, but for Miles Garrett, I think a team would be desperate enough to do it. They would have to give up three picks. All right. Odds. The number one overall pick is not Miles Garrett. 3% chance. 3% chance, oh my. I, I agree with that. There's, I, I don't think there's... I think it's just built up so much in all the talk about it. I mean, if I... If it was just a month-long process, yeah. to be like, oh yeah, it's I don't think, I mean, I, I think they're, they are honestly considering it because you have to. You don't have a quarterback. And so if that's, if that's the guy you think is your guy, then you got to take him. However, if that was their guy, I don't think they would be talking about it like that. So it just doesn't make much sense to me. I, I think Miles Garrett's the, the coaches want Miles, Miles Garrett and the fact that Sashi Brown kind of let Hugh hung out to dry last year with his roster. I think it should be a, just a credit to Hugh to give him, give him Miles Garrett. Yeah, if that's what he wants. Chance. Yeah. All right. Next. What? Uh, so I got, question. I got, I got one for you. All right. Sliding. What are the odds that the Browns take a quarterback at 12? Are we assuming that they won't trade up with this odds chance? I mean, or just they're, or you, they're or sticking just straight it, up. They, sticking they will have 12. the 12th pick and they will select a quarterback. Yes. There no trades involved go, in these scenarios. Just they're at 12. Do they take a, what are the, what is the percent chance to take a quarterback? If all three are available. Oh, I guess that would be the, the I'm going to go 80%. Yeah. I, that's, I think if there's Watson and Trubisky are there, the no trade hypothetical that if they're both there, even Mahomes has a chance to go. I think that, 
Let's even make it 82. 82. I just All jumped right. in confidence. All right. Just in the last three seconds, they haven't even played a football game since <laughs> I then. I said 80. Todd, Todd, Todd. I'm going to go up to 82. <laughs> He's a top prospect. Um. Yeah, I, I if all three are there, it's hard to not take them. I eighty three maybe. Yeah, I think Chicago. A lot of people are pegging Mitch to Chicago, but I think I mean, they just gave Mike Glennon a. The good news, nice I think offer, the, I the, the reason I think the Browns are going to stand pat is because they win either way. I mean, if the if the Bears or Jacksonville because they didn't pick up Blake Bortles option, if um, someone trades up with the Titans, if Arizona jumps them, if. This, uh, not the Saints, uh, Buffalo takes one. You know, if they all take a quarterback, or if any of those teams take a quarterback, it just pushes one better prospect down the board for the Browns. You know, they could have a guy on their board, like say... Um, Even like Malik Hooker. Well, definitely not Jerry Conley right now, but uh, Malik Hooker, Jamal Adams. Like, if one of those guys got pushed down to 12... I mean, I would. I think they would sprint to the, fit, sprint to the uh, podium yeah. to turn in their card. So that's why I, if they don't take a quarterback at 12, I hope it's because either Mitch and Deshaun Watson are gone and they just wanted a stud defensive player or they take a quarterback, you know. I don't want the how, – how would you feel if Mitch was there and they chose to go defense anyway? I mean, a third of our podcast every time is us having hypotheticals about hanging out with Mitch. So I'd be, I'd be a little disappointed because yeah. we couldn't, couldn't talk about him anymore. We're like, oh, we're going to do a Bears preview. We would just do our no, Mitch I... Trubisky minute on, like, whatever <laughs> team. Like the, this is the New York Jets minute with Mitch Trubisky. Mitch, how's New York? Great. Thank you. <laughs> See you <laughs> later. Answer. He goes, who's yeah. this? All right. See you next week. Block this yeah. number. Like, thank you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very disappointed because I am not in the boat of let's wait till next year on a quarterback because that always turns in the next year and next year. Yeah, I agree. And it's about time that they – even if you get a guy and he, he's put, it's like the Jags, which you bring up every episode, and he's bad for a few years and you want to move on, you can. Yeah. Side note, Jags have been worse than the Browns in terms of drafting over the last four I know. years. But final predictions, all right? I know the draft's coming up on Thursday. Let's let's assume they stand pat at one twelve and thirty three. What are your three predictions for those picks? Miles Garrett, Mitchell, Trubisky. Sound like Professor Snape. And then I really don't know at thirty three because I think, th- I mean, they could go literally any route. They could even go receiver. What route do you want them to go? Ooh. See, not um, so fun, well, is it? When you you put me on the spot first last route. Week. Sorry, my I, I believe my neighbors are engaged in a shouting match outside. I, I would go check, but we're live. <laughs> <laughs> we're going live, Ollie, on the scene, Ollie. <laughs> I'm outside. <Whoa! laughs> yeah, um, ooh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> give me some time to think. You gonna research who's at 33? Oh, oh. no, I'm not even at my draft. computer. 2017 NFL mock draft. <laughs> so <Some> milk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, while you're fiddling around for who you think is going to be a third, it's not like we haven't read a million mock drafts since the first of the year, uh, or talked about a million players since then. But, uh, the problem is my mind is so set on the first round that once the second like and is third round the first hits, round, it's the first pick of the second round, but it's basically the first round. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Could they take Jabril Peppers? <laughs> I've been an advocate. I've liked him all offseason. Oh man, he, I think he gets a bad rap from scouts. Well, because he, he didn't do anything, and he played more. He played better. But he's going to be a safety. 
he didn't he had one interception it was a tip ball against ohio state that's that's why we have analytics now and not just yeah rbis uh I don't see it. I don't particularly. I didn't even think he was worthy of a Heisman candidacy. But yeah, I didn't think he was worthy of a Heisman. But I still think he could be a good NFL safety. We shall see. I'm. Uh, my predictions are going to be a little bit different than last time. You know, I think they're really going to choose to go a different route at twelve. I don't think they're going to go for a quarterback. Um, the more I think about this class and, and defensively and even offensively, you know, if they were to take a guy like Corey Davis at twelve, um, OJ Howard. I'm a huge fan of O.J. Howard, man. I, I really like the mismatch of tight ends. You know, you look at um, Rob Gronkowski in New England, just a matchup nightmare, Jimmy Graham in, in Seattle. You just look at those guys in the huddle and you know, like especially with Gronk, you know, look in the huddle and tell me that you look at that guy as a, another wide receiver or your quarterback and like, how are we, how are we not going to win with this guy on the field? You know, he's yeah. he, no one can stop him. So like if you – And he's cool. Yeah. I mean, O.J. Howard can block, he can catch, he can run, you know, he can do it all. And now, I, he's definitely, uh, I think, probably a clear favorite at that 12th pick. Yeah, Hugh coached him in the Senior Bowl. A lot of people have told me that he's um, – no, I, I don't mean that a lot of people have told me. I've listened to a lot of people say, <laughs> like, I got some <laughs> sources. No, I've had you call me about <laughs> – <laughs> do you hear what Todd McShay said? <laughs> no, he told me personally. Told me Oh, yeah, personally. Todd? Yeah, me and Todd go way back. Todd, I Todd, used to watch Todd. him when I was little. <laughs> Um, no, I'm going Miles Garrett, on. OJ Howard, and then at 33, um, I said Deshaun Kaiser, but I think it's either Deshaun Kaiser or Davis Webb at 33. Yeah, I think the 33, number 33 overall pick becomes a little more clear if they haven't taken a quarterback yet. I'm a, b- I'm a big fan of becomes... Ruben Foster there at 33, too, if he falls all the way there. He might. I hope he does. I think those diluted tests are nonsense. They are. Joe Thomas had because a thing about you might it. just. Because Joe Thomas had a good point when he tweeted about it mm-hmm. the other day. It was like, I've had a diluted test, and then the tester just asked for another sample. You just wait like two hours and just get another one. Yeah. I remember These when I took... drink... Professional athletes take in so much fluid. Oh, yeah. I took... when I, I remember when I took my drug test for my job, it was like... They, and it, failed. Well, they couldn't... <laughs> yeah. They couldn't... Uh, <laughs> I remember looking at the thing, and it was like, if it's too diluted, like, they'll make you take it again, and it wasn't... That just means you're hydrated. Oh, it was like... How can your pee be too diluted? I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not a medical <laughs> guy. It's like, oh, yeah, nice. It's dehydrated. Water? Yeah, here we they go. tell you to drink water? Who drinks water You're by supposed itself? to drink, like, cherry Coke for a week. Reminds me of that episode of Always Sunny when they're on the boat, and he's like, oh, they've got uh, screwdrivers here. And they're like, no, Charlie, that's just plain orange juice. And they're like, people drink straight mixers? <laughs> like, yes, Charlie. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand it. I'm they a, mix it with dude, oil. Dude, I've been drinking mixer all day. It's great. <laughs> So sad. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And uh, next time, I believe we'll have some uh, new draft picks to talk about. Steven, do you have any closing thoughts? Well, we're not only going to have new draft picks, we could talk about the schedule, which you didn't even bring up. Ooh, schedule game. Their schedule is irrelevant until after the draft. Well, we'll get our classic eight and eight predictions in or 10 and six if we get Kirk cousins so i think uh i think there's gonna be <laughs> we'll save that one if for next tra- week let me just say if they trade for kirk cousins on draft night we're gonna have to restart the whole podcast yep. restart the whole site it's gonna be rebranded yep. it's <laughs> it, it's we're gonna have a massive I, if they trade for kirk cousins i want them to turn out the lights in philly and I want them to one, be like the Browns just made a trade, two. and then the Undertaker's music hits, and Kirk Cousins like, oh, Bob, Bob, it's Kirk Cousins, <laughs> he just, and he just like throws Brock Osweiler. Off. I was gonna like, say, he gives we him. have a feed in Cleveland. <laughs> oh my God, it's, 
Kurt it's Kurt Cousins from the top row. Stop the match. Like, oh no. Oh no, Kurt. But yeah, that's that's my that's my bold prediction. Yeah. Gives Cody Kessler a pile driver and <laughs> no, our quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. And he injures his elbow driving home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. And next week we'll have some fun things to talk about. We're going to do the schedule game, talk about the new draft picks, and uh, hopefully have some more funny wrestling commentary that we could provide for you. So I'm Andrew Sipe, and uh, I'll let Steven sign himself off as well. Yeah, I'm Steven Kabitza. Thank you once again for listening to the Dog Pound Daily Podcast.